Guys, we have made it to playoff football. All right, we are here. We're ready to go. But I'm just going to issue a little bit of a warning. Because of what's happening this weekend and because of the winter storms that is coming through the area, especially where I'm located, because it's going to be rough this weekend where I'm located. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in, in Illinois, Central Illinois. And let me go on and tell you something. I'm wearing a sweater, rocking it here at the Pigskin Frenzy set here location. But I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be cold during some of these playoff games. Maybe not towards the, I don't know, I would say Buccaneers and Eagles maybe. But it's going to be cold, all right? It's going to be cold in a lot of these games. So let's just keep that in mind as we head towards this weekend. Just a little bit of a warning. We're going to talk about this here a little bit. How's the weather going to play into effect? That's my warning. And guys, with that being said, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful and chilly Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Podbean, or Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook, just type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get a episode updates, you will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, NFL Today today, I am so excited. I am really excited because we're in the playoffs. This is this last week was the last week of the regular season. We're going to recap week 18. Uh, a lot happened on Monday and Tuesday when I was doing the college episode. A lot happened in the sport of football in general, but in professional football nonetheless. Week 18 recap, we're going to get you covered on that. We're going to talk about Super Wildcard Weekend, the first round of the NFL playoffs. The playoffs are set. We're going to talk about the matchups. We're going to talk about who's in and who's out this weekend with the Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report. We're going to we're going to dive deep into some of these coaching vacancies because a lot happened. Like I said, a lot happened in professional football during to Monday and Tuesday. So we're going to talk about that, dive deep into the latest, and I said this on Tuesday, uh, switching gears here with the Jim Harbaugh stories, and we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh and the latest on that. Could he go to the NFL, and could he possibly return to the league? We're going to talk about everything. Guys, just keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy. Please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, Facebook, X, Instagram. Keep plugging in on the, excuse me, keep plugging in on the socials. That was rude of me, unprofessional of me, excuse me. Keep plugging in on the socials. Guys, keep plugging in on all platforms for Pigskin Frenzy. Let's get rocking and rolling with a Week 18 recap. Uh, Saturday, Texans and Colts. What a game. I said, and by the way, 4-0, and zero, okay? 4-0 and zero on my picks this week. 4-0. Picked every game right. I said the Texans were going to win this game. It was going to be close, and I got it right. Final score, Texans 23, Colts 19. Guys, C.J. Stroud's amazing, isn't he? I mean, if you're talking about a, a candidate for Offensive Player of the Year, it's C.J. Stroud. We're going to dive deep into this in this recap quickly, but C.J. Stroud, man, unbelievable. And by the way, Will Anderson, also another guy for Defensive Player of the Year for the Texans. Unbelievable. They can have Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Offensive uh, rookie, I'm sorry, not player of the year. Let's reverse what I just said. Offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, 
and coach of the year on the same squad. So congratulations to the Houston Texans. And with this win, they won not only the they not only get a playoff spot, they're in the playoffs Saturday. They get the AFC South Championship. The Jacksonville Jaguars did indeed lose to the Tennessee Titans. So therefore, the Jaguars and the Colts have missed the playoffs. The Titans have also missed the playoffs in a shocker, especially for the Jaguars. Uh, we'll talk about the Jaguars here in a little bit. But the Texans won the South. They're in the fourth spot, and they play the Browns on Saturday. We're going to discuss that here in a little bit. But Texans, 23, Colts, 19, C.J. Stroud, 20 for 26 with 264 yards and two touchdowns, three carries with 20 yards. Devin Singletary, 24 carries with 63 yards and a touchdown. Nico Collins had himself a monster game, nine receptions with 195 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, five receptions with 42 yards. Andrew Beck, two receptions with nine yards and a touchdown. Linebackers Blake Cashman and Christian Harris were forces to be reckoned with in this game. Cashman notched 13 total tackles, and Harris racked up 12 total tackles and a sack. The Colts, Gardner Minshew. Uh, Gardner Minshew did the best that he could, but he really couldn't get anything going. So Jonathan Taylor was the main force on that offense. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Gardner Minshew, 13 for 24 with 141 yards, nine-yard carry. Jonathan Taylor, 30 carries in this game. 30 carries with 188 yards and a touchdown, two receptions with eight yards. Zach Moss got a little bit of the low, too. Six carries with 30 yards. Josh Downs, three receptions with 48 yards. The rookie out of North Carolina. Michael Pittman Jr., five receptions with 44 yards. Mo Alley-Cox, two receptions with 18 yards. Kylan Granson, 23-yard reception. And linebacker EJ Speed was their main highlight for this team with 10 tackles. The Colts just couldn't get anything going with the quarterback play. Gardner Minshew couldn't really get anything going down the stretch. They had to rely on the run a lot, and it was a little bit more predictable on the offensive side of things for Gardner Minshew. Now, when you look at Gardner Minshew, he did make some good throws, but when you look at it, it was mainly Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor just running the rock, and he was the main force on that offense, and the Texans just stuffed it. Uh, the Texans were more physical up front on both sides of the football, and I just didn't think the Colts could really get anything going moving the ball through the air. It wasn't really balanced enough for the Colts. The Colts had uh, some good defense. They made some good stops. I mean, EJ Speed, like I said, 10 tackles, linebacker EJ Speed for the Indianapolis Colts. They did really well on defense, and they stopped them a few times, and they held them to field goals. So they slowed down a little bit of that strong offense that the Texans presented to them, but they just couldn't capitalize on those stops is what the Colts didn't do. And I feel like it was a one-trick pony that night, running the ball, running the ball, and if you threw it deep, Garner Minshew either overthrew him, threw it just right, or threw it a little bit behind the receivers. So, uh, and that's nothing against Garner Minshew. Nothing at all. I am a, I am a Minshew Mania fan. We are... Me and him grew up in the same area, all right? We grew up in the same area in Brandon, all right? Brandon, Mississippi. So I'm not going to hate on a Mississippi town, hometown kid, okay? But when you look at when you look at everything and when you look at Saturday night, Gardner Minshew just couldn't get it going through the air. We had to rely on Jonathan Taylor. And if they were to win, Minshew was probably going to have to play a lot better than he did in that game. But. But Minshew did the best that he could. The Colts ended up, you know, on the last play, and this is what's happened, the last play, 
he was slit, he was doing a slip pass to I think it was Granson and I think it was Granson and he dropped it. He dropped it. It was unbelievable. He dropped the pass and I don't know. He dropped the pass. Tip of his fingers could have gotten the first down, could have tied the game up. Colts lost the game. Texans, on the other hand, that was enough for the Colts a little bit. The Texans, on the other hand, won the AFC South. Wasn't expecting that to happen at all. I honestly thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were probably going to win it. Wasn't expecting that at all. Shocked. Literally shocked. Thought that wasn't going to happen. Uh, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had it. Texans came out with a three-game losing stretch to start the season. Uh, and they weren't going to have that. The Texans started going on a little bit of hot streak, and, and during midseason, I was like, okay, let's start paying attention to the Houston Texans. I'm going to warn y'all about C.J. Stroud. If y'all don't remember that episode, go back and listen to it. I said that. I said that C.J. Stroud and this team was going to be a team to be met, to be forced to be reckoned with, and they were, especially in this game. First play, Nico Collins. First play of the game, Nico Collins. 75-yard touchdown from Stroud to Collins. Launched it, 7-zip. They are hungry. They are ready to go in the AFC South. They won the South. They're in the playoffs. D'Amico Ryans, what a turnaround for going from literally the second pick and the third pick of the NFL draft to the AFC South champion, division champions, and in the playoffs. So just keep building in the draft and keep building the team around C.J. Stroud because he is your guy and he is your quarterback. Congratulations to the Texans on playing an excellent game. They look good throwing the ball. They look good running the ball. Uh, they look good on, on both sides of the ball. They look good up front, too. They played a little bit more physical than Indianapolis up front, and that is what I liked about the Texans this past Saturday. They looked really, really good. They got a test Saturday against the Browns. That's going to be a tricky one. Luckily, it's a home game for the Houston Texans. So we're going to see what happens on, uh, on NBC Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, Houston Texans playing a home game against the Browns. So both teams making it to playoff for the first time in a while. It's going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to cover that one Saturday. Final score, 23-19. Texans defeated the Colts in a big one. They won the, they won the South. The following the Jacksonville Jaguars' loss, and they made it to the playoffs. Everybody else in the AFC South is now eliminated from contention, and we will see them in 2024 season. Now, moving on, Saints and Falcons. Let's talk about this game for a little bit because it caused a little bit of controversy. I said the Saints were going to win this game. Uh, I said that... It was going to be a little bit closer. I thought Derek Carr was going to do something really special here. Uh, but final score, 48-17. Saints defeated the Falcons, but they dominated the Falcons. It wasn't close. Uh, I thought the Falcons were going to go home, and they got eliminated, and they did. Derek Carr, 22 for 28 with 264 yards and four touchdowns. He played one of his best games all season. Better late than never, but he did play one of his best games all seasons. Uh, uh, Kendra Miller, Keandre Miller, came and saw and conquered because it was, he was his, this was his first game of the year. He was active Sunday, and he played pretty solid football. 
13 carries with 73 yards and a touchdown. Not bad for the rookie out of TCU. Taysom Hill, six carries with 51 yards, four receptions with 28 yards. Jamal Williams, 14 carries with 26 yards and a touchdown, three receptions and eight yards. That's where the controversy came in. Uh, instead of kneeing the ball, Jamal Williams ran it in for a touchdown to get his first touchdown of the year. Uh, the Saints players, including backup quarterback Jameis Winston, has kind of come to the aid of Jamal Williams and the Saints, and they have kind of defended themselves on this. Head coach Arthur Smith had some choice words for Dennis Allen and was not pleased after the football came nonetheless. But Rashid Shahid, three receptions with 65 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave, three receptions with 56 yards and a touchdown. A.T. Perry, three receptions with 53 yards and two touchdowns. Juwan Johnson, three receptions with 40 yards. Linebacker Demario Davis and cornerback Jonathan Abram were the factors on defense with both of them racking up nine total tackles. Desmond Ritter for the Falcons, quarterback for the Falcons, 22 for 30 with 291 yards and two touchdowns with one uh, with one interception. Logan Woodside came in late in the game, three for four with 27 yards and an interception. Bijan Robinson had himself a game, 11 carries with 28 yards, seven receptions with 103 yards and a touchdown. So if you had him in your last week of fantasy, Bijan Robinson got you some points in championship weekend. Tyler Aguilar, six carries, 24 yards, three receptions with 10 yards. Cordell Pat- Cordero Patterson, five carries, 20 yards. Scott Miller, two receptions with 66 yards. Drake London, four receptions with 41 yards. Jonu Smith, three receptions with 28, 29 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Pitts, two receptions with 27 yards. Van Jefferson, two receptions with 13 yards. And Michael Pruitt, 17 yards. 17-yard uh, reception. The defense couldn't slow down New Orleans, but linebacker Nate Lamon was a factor on defense with 10 total tackles. For the Saints, uh, heartbreaker. They won, but it's bad news because they're they're not going to be seen until 2024 either. They did not make the playoffs. The Packers ended up winning against the Bears. The Seattle Seahawks ended up pulling it out against the Cardinals, but due to the Packers having head-to-head wins over the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints earlier, The Packers go to the playoffs against the Cowboys Sunday. So, so, the Saints are out. The Saints played lights out, though. They played a monster game, did all that they could to make it. Derek Carr looked very good and improved. Um, the all and the and the running game was a little bit there, but not quite. I think going into 2024, what we need to learn and get is maybe. Try a new style of play or on offense or not only that, run the ball a little bit more. And not only that, maybe, maybe, and I'm going to do this a little bit like this, maybe you may have to change play callers and see where that gets you because the offense is good enough. You have an explosive type of offense with Derek Carr because if he can play like that every week, who knows what the Saints are capable of? But you got to have a balanced attack with running the football as well. And I think my issue with the Saints is running the football more and more and not just throwing it every time. So uh, changing the plays on offense would be suffice, and they could probably win them some more games next year and then be an imp- they're an improved team like this year and go potentially to the playoffs next season. But they don't make it, but they had a stellar game. Derek Carr played consistent in his last game. Keandre Miller played really good, rookie out of TCU. Um, 
I really, really did like Demario Davis in this game. He played lights out defense. He played with an edge. And I really like that about the Saints defense in this game. Falcons going on with them. Desmond Ritter is a solid quarterback. You're going to think, why are you are you are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, he's a solid quarterback. What he needs is better coaching and more development in his game. <coughs> Excuse me. He needs more development in his game. And I feel like if you get that right, get the right coaching, get the right style of play in there, get everybody in there. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying Desmond Ritter could be a very underrated quarterback for the Falcons and in the National Football League if developed properly. He's shown flashes of being a solid quarterback in the league. He just has to get developed right. And if that's not the route they want to go, pick a quarterback. It's not my choice. I'm not the Falcons GM. I'm not the Falcons himself. So, but if my honest thoughts, he's a solid quarterback, just develop him better and get and coach him a little bit better. We're going to get to the Falcons here in a little bit. B. John Robinson had a heck of a season. He will be back, and I think he's going to be a lot better and stronger than ever next year. Uh, 103 yards, seven receptions with a touchdown. He played lights out. He was a big help to that Falcons offense, but they just could not get anything going uh, and, and play and outmatch the Saints. The Saints outmatched them quite a lot. Final score of this game was 48-17. Saints defeat the Falcons. And both of them are out of the playoffs, but the Saints look much improved. The Falcons are taking a little bit of a step backwards. They're going to have to figure out the coaching the coaching situation. They're going to have to figure out what's going on with them uh, during the offseason. So, Rams and 49ers. I'm almost done with my Week 18 recap. We may have a shorter episode here. Who knows? Rams and 49ers. I said the Rams were going to win because this game was full of... Sp- Backups playing. All the starters sat for both teams. Uh, and, and I would too. It's uh, only a few starters played for a little bit, but they ended, they ended up getting pulled. So I said the Rams, because of that, we're going to win this game. And they did by a point, by a point. Final score, Rams 21, 49ers 20. Carson Wentz played a monster game. He played a really, he had played actually a pretty solid game. 17 for 24 with 163 yards and two touchdowns with an interception. 17 carries with 56 yards and a touchdown. Ronnie, River, Ronnie Rivers, 13 carries with 52 yards. Bryson Hopkins, two receptions with 47 yards. Puka Nakua, four receptions with 41 yards and a touchdown before he got benched for the rest of the game to give him some rest for, before next week. Davis Allen, four receptions with 25 yards. Ben Skorosne, uh, I am apologize for my notes. Scroeneck, Scroeneck, Ben Scroeneck, four receptions with or two receptions with 22 yards. Royce Freeman, 13 yard reception. Tyler Johnson, two receptions with eight yards and a touchdown. And the defense racked up three sacks and a fumble. Safety Russ Yeast was the highlight of this defense with seven total tackles. Let's talk about the 49ers really quick. Sam Darnold, 16 for 26 with 189 yards and a touchdown. Seven carries with 19 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, 14 yard, uh, 14 carries with 52 yards and a touchdown. Two receptions with 15 yards. Jordan Mason, six carries with 36 yards, 12-yard reception. Debo Samuel, two receptions with 21 yards and 11-yard carry. Ray Ray McLeod, 
three receptions with 22 yards, seven-yard carry. Chris Conley, three receptions with 69 yards. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions with 25 yards. Charlie Warner, 20-yard reception. And the defense played a solid and tough game despite that one-point loss. Defensive back Isaiah Oliver and linebacker Demetrius Flanagan fouls were the highlights of the defense. And Flanagan fouls racked up 10 total tackles, and Oliver racked up nine total tackles. So when you look at this game, and you look at everything going on about this game, they were all, it was really just a a last game before, a tune-up game before the playoffs for both. Rams won by a point. The Rams looked good, and their backups looked really good. Um, it was just kind of a warm-up game to get ready for Detroit Saturday. I cannot wait for that game. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But it was kind of a warm-up game to get ready and get their guys ready for that game Sunday. That's pretty much it. The Niners, same thing. They wanted rest before they play in two weeks. They've already clinched the number one C. They've already clinched the NFC West. What else could they do? Rest your guys. Uh, Debo Samuel played a little bit, but he got, you know, he he was out. Brandon Ayuk played a little bit, but he was gone. You know, so it's like, what else do you do? You know, what else do you do? So my honest thoughts, I don't really have much to say on the game. I was right. Rams were going to win. I thought that the Rams uh, were going to win just because of the 49ers resting their guys. And that's pretty much it. That's really all you could really say. Because they were resting their guys. Rams won it. And they took it. Final score, 21-20, Rams defeat the 49ers. I mean, it's like, what else do you want me to say? They all played really well. I think they both played really good. They played really good football. But it just, the Rams came out on top by a point. Tough contest, both played really well, but they rested all their starters, and the, and the Rams got the the last week victory over the Niners to give them a boost ahead of Saturday's game, or Sunday night's game against the Detroit Lions. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. But the 49ers resting their guys, warming up a little bit before they take on whoever the lowest remaining seed is after the bye week. Into uh, After the bye week, not this week, but next week is for the 49ers. So final score, Rams 21, 49ers 20. That's pretty much it. And they go and both of them are going to the playoffs. So congratulations to both teams. Now let's talk about the Sunday night football game. We end... Week six, we end week 18 with this game. I said the Bills were going to win because I felt like the Bills going into this game were a little bit hotter and they were on a hot streak, four game winning streak. And I feel like Josh Allen um, needed to protect the football. So technically, I was right and wrong. The Bills won 21 14. Final score Bills 21, Dolphins 14. I was wrong about one thing, though. He didn't protect the football all that well. He had three turnovers, but they still got the win. They played really good defense and they stopped the Dolphins. The Bills win their fourth straight AFC East title. And the Dolphins are at the number six seed playing Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Saturday night on Peacock. The Bills or the number two seed, and they play the Steelers, the number seven seed in the AFC, Sunday at 1 Eastern, noon Central Time. So, let's go with these stats before we get, you know, break down a little bit more of the game and go to the Pigskin Frenzy Injury Report, other news, and playoff, because you're going to want me to talk about those playoffs, right? Josh Allen, 30 for 38 with 359 yards, 
two touchdowns with two interceptions, 15 carries with 67 yards. James Cook, 13 carries with 36 yards, three receptions with 16 yards. Leonard Fournette, seven carries with 20 yards. Leonard Fournette elevated from the active roster. He was on the practice squad. He elevated from the active roster, and he did not disappoint. Playoff Lenny is now coming, folks, for the Buffalo Bills. Khalil Shakur, six receptions with 105 yards. He played a lights-out game against the Dolphins. He played probably his best game yet this season. Stephon Diggs, seven receptions with 87 yards. Dalton Kincaid, seven receptions with 84 yards. Trent Sherfields, three receptions with 24 yards and a touchdown. And Dawson Knox, three receptions with 22 yards and a touchdown. The defense played solid, notching two turnovers. Linebacker Terrell Bernard, and defensive back Taron Johnson were the were once again the highlights for this defense. I mean, both men racked up nine total tackles each. Tua Tungavailoa for the Dolphins, 17 for 27 with 173 yards, a touchdown with two interceptions, seven-yard carry. Devon A. Shane played pretty well. I think he ran the ball well, but the Bills just kind of got his number a little bit in the second half and kind of slowed him down a little bit. Devon A. Chain, 10, car- 10 carries with 56 yards and a touchdown, five-yard reception. Jeff Wilson, nine carries with 45 yards. Tyreek Hill, seven receptions with 82 yards and a touchdown. Durham Smythe, three receptions with 30 yards. Cedric Wilson, Jr., 24-yard reception. River Kraft, 24-yard reception, or 18-yard reception. Cedric Wilson Jr. once again, 24-yard reception. The defense played tough until the end, and they racked up three turnovers. Defensive back Deshaun Elliott was the highlight on defense once again with 10 total tackles and an interception. So with the Dolphins, I think what happened was they started off a little bit fast, but they took their foot off the pedal just a little bit in this one. The Bills beefed up a little bit. They slowed them down, stopped them. And I think the injuries kind of played a factor for the Dolphins in this one. Losing Raheem Mostert and losing Jalen Waddell, both due to knee and ankle injuries, is nothing to you know to write home about, obviously. It, it's tough. That's a tough thing. And it kind of does hurt your offense a little bit because those are two big pieces and key components to Mike McDaniel's offense. So when you look at the Dolphins' I think they kind of struggle not having those two key components in their offense. Now, when you look at it, and when you look at the when you look at football, man, it's like a game of chess at times. And when you don't have those key components on the chessboard, on the chessboard, you may struggle a little bit. So I think that's what happened with the Dolphins a little bit. They lost two of their key components, and they struggled a little bit. The Bills beat them up front in the second half. It was a different game between the second half and the first half. I think the first half, the Dolphins were riding high a little bit, but they took their foot off the pedal and, due to the injuries, lost a little bit of their edge a little bit. They were not as physical in the fir- in the, in the, in the second half as they were in the first. The Bills up front beat them, and... Not only that, Josh Allen stepped up his game, protected the football a lot better in the first half, and they just fought hard. They wanted that They wanted that AFC East championship is what the Bills wanted. The Bills played good running the ball. I think they ran the ball well, but not as much as they needed to. I think if they ran the ball a little bit a, a little bit more, they probably could have beaten them by a score of 28-14 if they wanted to. Uh, Josh Allen didn't do so hot um, protected the football, but he stepped up in the second half and led this team to a four straight AFC East title 
the second seed in the AFC playoffs and a big win on the road against Miami. And I feel like for the Bills, this was a, a much-needed win, especially for going where they were. A few weeks back, we were saying, are they going to make the playoffs? Now they're the number two seed and the AFC East champions. So once again, so Josh Allen coming in clutch again. Let's see what they do against the Steelers on Sunday. Miami got a tough test in Kansas City in Arrowhead, especially with the weather. I warned y'all about the weather. I said we're going to talk about it, and we are going to talk about it here in a little bit when it comes to playoffs. So final score, 21-14. Bills defeats the Dolphins in an AFC East title game, and the Dolphins going to the playoffs against the Chiefs Saturday night in Arrowhead on Peacock. The Bills get the number two seed, and they play the Steelers Sunday afternoon at 1 Eastern 12 Central. So good on the Bills, good on the Dolphins. They both made it. And it was a back and forth game. The Bills just edged them out in the second half. And that is what happened in my estimate. And it's hard when you lose a Jalen Waddle and a Raheem Mostert. I'll have updates on them here in a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me again, unprofessional. I'm not trying to keep coughing, but... That's really about it for the Week 18 recap. I recap Week 18. Well, let's move on to the NFL playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, and we are ready to rock and roll for postseason football, playoff football. I'm covering it all. Road to Las Vegas, road to Super Bowl 58 starts now. Let's start with the pigskin frenzy NFL injury report. And this goes out to the Steelers because the Steelers uh, played the Ravens this past Saturday. They won, which clinched him a playoff berth after the Jacksonville Jaguars lost. And for the Steelers, on a play, T.J. Watt went down with an injury and he was out for the rest of the game and did not return. He was was thought to have suffered a grade three MCL sprain, which probably could have kept him out for the playoffs. However... It was known as a, it was it was reversed and downgraded as a grade two MCL sprain. So TJ Watt, Steelers edge, TJ Watt is out versus the Bills on Sunday after suffering a grade two MCL sprain against the Ravens. The timetable for his return is potentially next week. So if they do find a way to upset the Bills, TJ Watt could be in for the Steelers. Now, he also couldn't have been playing his last game against the Ravens. That's how you guess how it is with play, playoff football. Win or go home. So let's just see what the Steelers do. Thoughts and prayers to TJ Watt. And hopefully he makes a speedy recovery. Uh, he's a fantastic edge rusher and probably defensive player of the year uh, when it's all said and done this season. Bills wide receiver Gabriel Davis is questionable versus the Steelers on Sunday due to a knee injury he suffered against the Dolphins. It took him out for the rest of the game. So he was in uniform the first part, and then we saw him on the sidelines, not dressed, and in a hoodie and a, and a hat. So let's just see what Gabe Davis does Sunday. Hopefully he's good to go, and it's not anything serious come Sunday. I'll give you all updates on everything for all these guys on the injury list come this weekend for playoffs. Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert, knee and ankle injuries he has suffered. It's questionable versus the Chiefs on Saturday night after missing this past Sunday against the Bills. We're going to see what the status is on him. He was really banged up going into that Sunday night game against the Bills, and he missed that contest. Hopefully they get him because they're going to need him a part of that offense in Arrowhead come Saturday night, especially in the weather that it's going to be in. So Raheem Mostert is questionable Saturday night. We will have an update on him and the latest on him. So, moving on. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts seems to be okay. He suffered a injury. He injured his finger. It popped out is what he, he 
you know, mentioned. But he it was against the Giants this past Sunday. He should be good to go for Monday night against the Buccaneers, though. So all good signs heading into Monday's game against the against the Buccaneers Monday night. Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown knee is questionable, but the injury doesn't seem to be all that serious and it's looking more likely he will play Monday night versus the Buccaneers. They're going to need him for sure. They're going to need him, Devontae Smith, who was also questionable due to a knee injury. Hopefully, he will be ready to go Monday. I'll have injury updates on him and they need Demons to back Darius Slay back for the playoffs as well. I'll have updates on the Eagles players heading into Monday night, but they're going to need all that they can get uh, Monday night against this pretty un, pretty unpredictable and pretty surprising Buccaneers squad. So we're going to see what happens. They got to go to Tampa Bay after losing to the Giants and the Cowboys winning the NFC East. So uh, tough break there for the Eagles, but they're in. And let's see what happens Monday night against the Buccaneers. Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell, his, he injured his ankle. His ankle injury is still nagging him. He's question marks to the Chiefs on Saturday night after missing this past Sunday versus the Bills. Hopefully, he plays. They're going to need him Saturday night in this octane offense. It's a rematch from Germany, and they're going to need it. So, moving on. Browns wide receiver Cedric Tillman has a concussion, and he is questionable versus the Texans on Saturday. I will give you an update on him, thoughts and prayers, and hopefully he clears protocol so he can play Saturday. And Pretty big news here. Finally, Lions tight end Sam Laporta is out indefinitely after hyperextending his knee this past Sunday against the Vikings. No word yet on anything if anything will change before Sunday night versus the Rams. Tough loss here because he is one of your go-to guys, especially against a tough team against the Los Angeles Rams Sunday night. It's Matthew Stafford's coming home to Detroit. And you're going to want to have everybody on deck against this Rams, the Stafford Rams-led team in Detroit because he's going to be motivated to try to get a win and to try to beat the Lions and put the Lions out. And the Lions need to be motivated Saturday to try to knock Stafford, his his old team, knocking Stafford out, their old quarterback out uh, in the playoffs. So they're going to need all weapons on deck. Maybe Sam Laporta will play. Maybe he won't play, but it's looking like he will miss Sunday again uh, against the, the Rams, Sunday night against the Rams. So hopefully we'll have updates on everybody, thoughts and prayers to everybody on this list, and hopefully we'll get good news rather than bad news heading into the NFL playoffs this weekend. 33-minute mark. We're doing good on time here. Let's go with other news before we head into the playoffs and include today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Go to Atlanta, the Falcons, head coaching vacancies. The Falcons have fired head coach Arthur Smith after going 7-10 this season. Now, this came off the heels of a tough loss to the Saints this past Sunday. Uh, And I mentioned about Desmond Ritter and about developing him as a quarterback. I think if you get the right guy in there, um, they rumors are had that they are eyeing Patriots, current Patriots head coach at least, Bill Belichick. There are rumors, and and, and they're still going on now, that Bill Belichick will part ways with the New England Patriots after being there for pretty much over 20-plus years. And he will leave, and the Falcons are eyeing him as their top target to be their next head coach. So if you get the right guy to develop Desmond Ritter as, you know, as their quarterback, hopefully they do something. But hopefully, but maybe, maybe, but maybe they draft a quarterback. So let's see what the Falcons go from here. The Falcons have fired head coach Arthur Smith after going seven and ten this season. Keep an eye out for Belichick if he and does if he and does indeed leave the New England Patriots. Big news 
from yesterday, the Seattle Seahawks are parting ways with head coach Pete Carroll, which is surprising. He fought really hard to stay for next year, but the Seahawks thought it was best to move on. The Seattle, but Pete Carroll is not without a job. He will remain with the team in the upper office of the organization. He will be an advisor to the organization. So Pete Carroll will still remain with the team as an advisor to the organization, but he will no longer be the head coach next season. So who's the most likely top target for Seattle Seahawks, you might ask? Uh, I'm hearing Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, head coach of the former head coach of the Falcons. Uh, He has his ties and his roots for the Seattle Seahawks. And he is the current Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. So after the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to make that transition and make that jump to Seattle as their next head coach. It would be a good hire to hire Dan Quinn. He did really good against the, with the Falcons. He is he's a really good coach, and I believe that Dan Quinn could be a good spot. Could, could be in a good spot for getting a head coaching job with the Seattle Seahawks. So Dan Quinn could be a name for the Seattle Seahawks after Pete Carroll has been let go as the Seattle Seahawks head coach. The Titans have fired head coach Mike Vrabel after multiple losing seasons with the team. The startup for the team, during his first few seasons, he was a great head coach. Coach of the year candidate beat the Patriots. Uh, They made it pretty far until they lost in the NFC divisional title game. But the Patriots, they beat the Patriots, his old team. Speaking of the Patriots, Mike Vrabel is a candidate for the New England Patriots job if it opens. So that is what I've been hearing as well. He is a top candidate for the Patriots job if Belichick decides to leave and or go to Atlanta, right? So he is the top candidate for the Patriots job if it opens. The top candidates for the Titans job, interim head coach Antonio Pierce is a name I've been hearing and thrown around for the Titans. So I've been hearing him. And I think that would be could be a good fit for the Titans in the AFC South Division. So let's see what happens with the Titans as we get rolling uh, after Mike Vrabel lose it, uh, is fired from the Titans. Commanders have fired head coach Ron Revere after multiple losing seasons. Unfortunately, did not work out. Let's see what the Commanders do. The Commanders also have interest in head coach, Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Giants defensive coordinator Don Martindale has resigned after two seasons with the team. He has parted ways. It was official yesterday. And we're going to see who they get as defensive coordinator because their defense was pretty stout the past two seasons. So we're going to see who replaces a solid defensive coordinator in Don Martindale up in New York. The Jacksonville Jaguars have fired their entire defensive staff, including defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. So it's interesting to see what the Jaguars will do, especially after that tough stretch. I mean, they were, what, 8-3? and And then they finished 9-8. and They lost six of their seven last games of the year to they had a comfortable lead in the AFC South gonna win the AFC South and then they did not win the AFC South and it ended up being a total it was a bust just point blank a bust and they now they missed the playoffs the Texans took their AFC title and they took their spot in the playoffs the Jaguars are missing the playoffs because of this so I honestly I honestly think and I honestly agree I think a change is needed on defense because the defense was sorely lacking the past six to seven games. So Jaguars have fired their defensive staff, including defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. Let's see what happens on defense and let's see what happens for the Jaguars and let's see what moves they make 
to try to get back to where they need to be because they showed so much promise during the season. So much promise on making the playoffs during the season. So let's see what they do during the offseason and let's see what moves they make during the offseason. So the Panthers, uh, last but not least, before we get to some uh, Jim Harbaugh latest, the Panthers have fired general manager Scott uh, Scott Fittner. Uh, Fr- uh, Fittner. Fittner is was their GM after a tough season this season. They've only won two games, really. Three games. The Panthers decided to go a different route, get a different decision maker in the office, and they have fired Scott Fittner uh, as their GM. Let's go with Jim Harbaugh news. And uh, I talked about it Tuesday, and I said we're going to talk about it here on Pigskin Frenzy today. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is reportedly interested in returning to the NFL. Now, I'm not saying he is going to. I'm just saying this is what I've been hearing per Bleacher Report insider, NFL insider for Bleacher Report, Jordan Schultz. Uh, This is another per report for Jordan Schultz. The Las Vegas Raiders have a two-horse race for the vacancy going on right now between interim head coach Antonio Pierce and Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. The Chargers are also interested in Harbaugh and vice versa. The Commanders have also expressed interest, but it seems like the two choices right now are the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers for head coach Jim Harbaugh. I'm not saying that he is going, but I'm not saying it's going to be a bad fit either. He has turned programs around. He just won the national championship at Michigan. So it's not a bad fit, especially if you're a Chargers fan. You're hoping to see some change there. He can blossom Justin Herbert into the $262 million quarterback that he is today, okay? That he is today. And he can blossom him into that. He can turn that program around. And the AFC, AFC West with the Chiefs, with the Raiders, and the Broncos could have some competition with Jim Harbaugh returning to the league. So if I had any interest right now, I like the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it would be a good hire either way. But if I had some interest, I think that Chargers job is interesting me if I'm Jim Harbaugh. And if I'm a spectator, I'm interested to see what – Jim Harbaugh does if he does return to the league and if he does decide to go to the Chargers. I want to see what they do next season and how they operate next season under head coach Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh is is, is reportedly interested. The feeling is mutual, and we're going to see where everything goes. That's not really all I got on the Jim Harbaugh latest. Um, we're going to see what happens there. But those are the two front runners, guys, the two front runners, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers out in the AFC West for the NFL if Jim Harbaugh returns to the National Football League. So, let's talk about some playoff football. Preview and prediction to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. NFL playoff, super wild card weekend. Let's kick it off with the Browns and the Texans Saturday afternoon on NBC. Because this game's a doozy. Browns 11-6, Texans 10-7. AFC AFC South champions going up against a wild carter in the Browns. And the Browns, with Joe Flacco, the career resurrection has been white hot. The Browns have been going on a tear. Uh, I mean, they look good, especially on the defensive side of the ball, man. They look really good. They are, I mean, honestly, the number one D total in total defense in the NFL, the number one defense going into the playoffs are the Cleveland Browns. The, the Texans, the the 12th, I think 12th in total offense and 12th offense in the National Football League. So when you look at these two teams, it's white hot versus white hot and something's got to give. 
For the Browns, you really have to win the line of scrimmage battle here. Up front on offense, especially on the defensive side of things. I would cause a lot of pressure and a lot of chaos if you're the defensive line of the Browns. Pressure C.J. Stroud, stuff the run a lot, and cause some chaos defensively for the Browns to win this football game against the Texans. I think if you win the line of scrimmage, that's how it happens if you're the if you're the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you're the Texans, the key here is this. Find a way to confuse this defense because this defense, like I said, number one in total defense, the Texans 12th in total offense. So what you got to do to confuse the number one defense heading into this playoff game is to give them different looks, give them stuff that you haven't presented to different teams all year. Switch it up, change the looks, and then... And only then could you probably end up winning this game. I think the Texans are really good enough to move the ball on him, especially through the air with C.J. Stroud. But I also am kind of liking Joe Flacco and what they're doing with the Browns and what they could possibly present and what he's been doing. And he's been white hot so far. He leads the league in passing yards per game currently. And he's only played half of a season. It's crazy, Joe Flacco's story. Coming off of a couch, got nothing to lose. Pat leads the league in passing yards per game. So he averages about 300-plus passing yards a game. So it's unbelievable, the career resurrection of Joe Flacco. Who do I have won in this ball game? I think it's going to be close. But, but... I think the Browns' defense is just too strong, and I think Joe Flacco right now is too white hot to lose this ball game. I really think the Browns win this game. They go into Houston, beat Texans in a very close game because I think the Texans, they made it. Congratulations. I think they're going to play them close, but I think the Browns end up winning this ball game by a score of 24-17. Browns 24, Texans 17. They get the win, and they move on and advance to the second round of the playoffs, potentially against the Baltimore Ravens, their AFC North rival in Baltimore. So the Browns and Joe Flacco's former, former team could be. So let's see what happens. Browns 24, Texans 17. The Texans get eliminated, but the Browns move on 24-17. The Texans have had a great year. So let's see. We're going to see probably more of that in 2024, and I can't wait to see what the Texans do in 2024. Browns 24, Texans 17, and the Browns move on. Saturday night on Peacock, Dolphins at Chiefs. 11-6, and six, both of their records. Dolphins lost, so they go to the sixth seed, and they play the number three seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have won the AFC West title. They play in Arrowhead. Two, let's go with the two keys here really quick. Uh, cold environment. And I think this is the first thing. How will the weather play into effect for this game? I'm really worried about that, especially for the Miami Dolphins, especially because they haven't really played in type of temperatures like this. Now, it's supposed to, the, the snow and the mix is supposed to be past that by the time they kick off. But by the time they have a kickoff, it's supposed to be at five degrees. Five degrees. Miami Dolphins are used to playing in 70-degree weather by this time around, not five. So it's going to be tough to see what can what they do and how they present a challenge to Kansas City in a very, I would say, dangerously cold environment up at Arrowhead and uh, get a stadium and get a field uh, for the Chiefs. Now, the two keys are this. 
if you for the Dolphins, you got to take Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice out of the equation and make Mahomes beat you with somebody else. If you take those two weapons out of the equation and make Mahomes and force Mahomes to find another weapon, maybe, maybe you can add some pressure to him, maybe make him, you know, do some miscues with some throws, sack the quarterback, cause pressure to Mahomes, and try to make Mahomes beat you with somebody else if you take Kelsey and limit Kelsey and neutralize Rasheed Rice out of the equation for the Dolphins defense. Now, if you're the Dolphins, now if you're the Chiefs, sorry, if you're the Chiefs, I don't think you let the Dolphins start fast on offense. And if you are the Chiefs, you let them start. You try to make them start slow. The Chiefs have these. They are second in total defense. The Dolphins in total offense first. Still going to the playoffs. The number one offense versus the number two defense in this game. You do not let the Dolphins offense start off hot. Because if Tua starts off hot, watch out. Watch out because he's going to keep going and going and going, and points will be scored. So if you're the Chiefs, do not let the offense start off fast. Who do I have one in this ball game? I think it's going to be very close between the two. However, I think because I think because they're so good in the playoffs, because it's a home field game, because of the dangerously cold environment that Kansas City is used to. Give me the Chiefs to beat the Dolphins in a rematch from Germany, the international game of last year, in a close one, similar to how the score was last time. Chiefs 28, Dolphins 21. Chiefs 28, Dolphins 21. The Chiefs move on to play potentially, potentially the Bills or the Steelers. So, I'm sorry, the Bills are the winner, the winner of the AFC South champion Texans and Browns game. So the Chiefs move on 28-21 against the Dolphins. The Dolphins go home after a tough game and tough and hardball game against the Chiefs. So 28-21, give me the Chiefs to beat the beat the Dolphins. Hopefully I'm right. Let's see what happens here because you can go either way with Kansas City right now. We got to see what Kansas City team shows up Saturday night in Peacock, so on Peacock in Arrowhead. So Steelers at Bills going to the Sunday night games or Sunday Sunday day games and night games. Steelers at Bills. Steelers 10 and 7, Bills at 11 and 6. So Buffalo, Orchard Park, New York going to be rocking. Going to be rocking early on. One Eastern kick, 12 Central uh, time standard for the Steelers. You have to limit the weapons around Josh Allen. Cold weather once again. Let's see how this plays into effect in this game for both teams. If you're the Steelers, limit the weapons around Josh Allen. Uh, neutralize the Stephon Diggs. Do not make him go for big yarders. Khalil Shakur. Um, I would say even Dalton Kincaid as of late. Do not let them make a big impact. Limit the weapons around Josh Allen. Close the gap around Josh Allen. and Make him, like I said... Josh Allen's kryptonite this year has been turnovers. Make him turn the ball over. And if you limit the weapons, and not only that, make him turn the ball over, maybe you'll have a chance in this one to pull off the upset here in Orchard Park, New York. If you're the Bills, I am establishing the run game with James Cook and Leonard Fournette. I am running the ball. What you did against Dallas earlier on in the year was incredible with James Cook. He ran the ball incredibly well against Dallas. I am doing more of that this game. I am running the ball a lot 
Bills, seventh in rushing offense. Steelers, 19th in rushing offense. So if you present the 19th, I'm sorry, night rushing defense. So if you present the, the 19th in rushing defense up against the seventh rushing offense in the league, I'm running the ball down their throats. I am uh, challenging them to stop it, and I'm establishing the run with those two good backs and balancing it out with them. Yes, launch it through the air with Josh Allen, but balance it out with the run game, especially with Josh Allen. Let Josh Allen use his legs if you're the Bills because if you're between Cook and between Fournette and between Allen, they will go over the 100-plus, 150-plus yard mark So between those three guys. So if I am the, the Bills offense, I'm establishing the run with those three guys in Orchard Park, New York, Sunday. Who do I got winning this ball game? I think the Bills win it. I think it's going to be a two-score game. I think the Steelers are a good team. They just got a little bit more to improve on. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit cold for the Steelers' liking. I think the Steelers get the win here. I don't know if Steelers get the win. I think the Bills get the win here, rather. Uh, the Bills get the win, and they move on to the next round, potentially in a game, in a showdown with the Chiefs and or, and or, the Browns, the Texans, or the Dolphins. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Who knows what could happen? Bills beat the Steelers by a score of, I'm going to go with 17-10. Bills 17, Steelers 10 in this one. Low, A little bit of a lower scoring game, but Bills 17, Steelers 10, they get the ground game going just enough to get them by and to move on to the next round of the playoffs. So, three more games. Packers at Cowboys. Quickly here, Packers at Cowboys. Uh, if you're the Packers here, because you have done an incredible job at getting to the playoffs, well done if you're Matt LaFour in the playoffs, especially with the quarterback that you got with Jordan Love, who has come into his own here as of late. So, Let's see what they do here in this game at Dallas. It's a tough stretch because Dallas is undefeated at home. They have 16 straight home wins against anybody. They're undefeated at home, though. It's eight and nine and eight for the Packers, 12 and five for the Cowboys. If you're the Packers, big key here, try to try to contain CD Lamb. I would try to contain CD Lamb and I would do my absolute darndest to not let him pull a game like he did against the Detroit Lions a couple of weeks back. You need to contain C.D. Lamb, limit him just enough to try to pull off the upset, and while you're at it, pressure Dak Prescott into making some mistakes and sack him. Sacks have been a kind of a killer for the Cowboys this year. So if you're the Cowboys, sack him. So if you're the Packers, sack the Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. So if you're the Cowboys, Bring pressure on defense and do not let Jordan Love get hot. Because when Jordan Love gets hot, he is kind of a hard quarterback to stop if you're the Packers. So do not let him get hot. Let him start off slow and sluggish and make him start off slow and sluggish. Bring pressure to him like he hasn't seen all year. So the Cowboys defense just needs to be the Cowboys defense this game and do themselves and bring a lot of pressure to Jordan Love and do not let him get hot in this game to pull off the upset. Who wins this ball game? 
I don't necessarily think it's going to be a close game. I think Jordan Love's going to give it his all, but I think the Cowboys' defense is too strong. I think Dak Prescott is moving the ball well with C.D. Lamb. I think they're clicking on all cylinders on offense. Give me the Cowboys winning this game and moving on to the next round by a score of 35-17. Cowboys 35 Packers 17, they win this game, not necessarily close. I think the Cowboys win this game and move on to the second round, and the Cow and the Packers go home and get ready for the 2024 season after this one. The Rams at Lions. This has been game of the week for me. I am looking forward to this game so much. I am so I was so excited when I found out that the Rams and the Lions were going to play each other. Rams are 10 and 7, Lions are 12 and 5. Matthew Stafford. He's the the old Detroit Lions quarterback has to go back home to Detroit where he played and started his career against Jared Goff, the guy who played for the Los Angeles Rams and who they traded for to get the, to get Matthew Stafford. They traded to to get Matthew Stafford. So so interesting dilemma here. Flip-flop of quarterbacks, one at the Rams quarterback goes to the Lions, Lions quarterback goes to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl with the Rams. Can Matthew Stafford do that again by defeating Detroit in Detroit? Sunday Night Football in on NBC and Peacock going to be a, a solid game. I'm covering it. I cannot wait for this football game. For the Rams, you have to slow the running game down if you're, if you're the Rams. You have to slow the running game down. You got to do it. I am sorry, my thing got unplugged. Now, as I plug everything up here, everything up here for my headphones, I apologize. So I don't know if it went out, but if y'all can hear me, I'll go a little bit extra. Slow the running game down if you're the Los Angeles Rams in this key game. So, Slow the running game down. Lion, the Lions have a fifth run. They're fifth in rushing. They're fifth in rushing in total offense. They're fifth in rushing. So if you're the Rams, you got to slow that down. You're 12th in rushing defense. Slow down Jameer Gibbs. Slow down David Montgomery. They have a top five offense. So you got to slow that down. If you're the Lions, you have to D up in this game. Contain these Rams wide receivers. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. Two solid receivers that Matthew Stafford's going to be throwing to all night. You got to contain them. You got to limit them, and you got to cover them so Matthew Stafford can't get to them. Right. So if you are the Lions, you got to d up here in this game. Who do I got winning this game? I think it's going to be close. Honestly, uh, it's going to be close. I think that the Rams are going to present a really credible challenge to this Lions team. They're going to score. Okay, but you got to stop it. But I think the Lions have an offense to where they can score with them. And I think the Lions have a defense enough, along with the Rams, they have a defense too, but the Lions have a defense enough to to make a couple of crucial stops in this game and just get the win at home against the Rams and they get a playoff win here. All a celebration here in Detroit. The Lions, 28 Rams 24, Lions 28, Rams 24, Lions get the win, move on to the next round. The Rams get eliminated, go home, but they end their season on a high note at 10 and 8, 
and they get ready for the offseason to try to make another run at a Super Bowl. Lions, 28. Rams, 24 in this one. Last game before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy for playoff coverage, Eagles at Buccaneers. 11-6 for the Eagles, Buccaneers at 9-8. The Eagles had it. And this is a little bit tricky. The Eagles had this. They were the leaders of the NFC East going in. They were the leaders in the number one seed going into this season. They beat the Chiefs in a huge rematch. But ever since then, the Eagles have kind of looked sluggish on offense, going starting really, really slow. And they've looked different. They've lost key games to the Cowboys, to the Seahawks, to the 49ers. They lost key games, and they do not. And, and the Giants last week, they do not look like the same team as they were earlier, but they need to be. That is the key thing. They need to be in this game because they went from the number one seed to the number two seed to now the number fifth seed against the Buccaneers. They got to play a road playoff game week one of the playoffs. So for the Eagles, you have to find a way to dial it up on the offensive offensive playbook. You got to change your playbooks up. You got to change your looks up. It's getting a little bit too predictable for the Eagles on offense. And I feel like that's a big issue going into these games. And that's why they're losing some of these crucial games. You have to change it up on offense, uh, just to dial, dial up some, some more plays on offense if you're Brian Johnson for the Eagles. Dial it up to try to win this ball game. And if you're the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield has to have a lights-out game. And I'm talking about a game that he has, ha- that he has, had, uh, that he has had before, but not had in quite a while. He's got to go slap off like he did with the Browns. That led them to the that led the Browns to the playoffs to the first place. He's been playing solid all year, but now's the time to start playing lights out, especially in this game, to upset the Eagles at home and to move on to the next round of the playoffs. He's got to have a lights out game with guys like Rashad White around him, guys like Mike Evans and, and uh, Chris Godwin around him. Uh, Kate Otten around him, Trey Palmer around him, especially with a defense that he's got. Uh, Devin White, uh, Levante, Levante Davis around him. It has got to be a solid performance for the Buccaneers all around, but especially led by Baker Mayfield. Who do I have one in this ball game? I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think it's going to be back and forth on Monday Night Football. Who do I have one in this Monday Night Football special playoff edition? I got the Eagles winning this one close. I think they hopefully get back to where they were and show some of that in this game. They win this game close, and the Buccaneers present a incredible challenge to them in this game. The Eagles win 24-17. to 17. Eagles 24, Buccaneers 17. The Buccaneers uh, finish their season and finish a season where they do not need to be disappointed at all at 99. NFC South champions, once again, they made it to the playoffs. They come up short in this one, and they go home to the offseason and figure out uh, to add more weapons around Baker Mayfield for next season. And if you're the Eagles, you move on 24-17 win, and you move on to the next round of the playoffs. Eagles 24, Buccaneers 17, to, uh, and the Eagles win it in Tampa. 
That just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below, Podbean, Spotify, and Apple. All you got to do is share around with others on there and follow on there as well. Instagram, X, and Facebook, keep plugging into the socials, follow, like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football and you will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's NFL trivia question as well as all things of the day for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, big thank you again. Tuesday, we're going to reverse course a little bit. I posted the video yesterday. We found out that Alabama head coach Nick Saban has retired from coaching at the University of Alabama, and we're going to change course a little bit. So episode 89 will not be a Q&A college football episode. We are going to reverse course and do an end of an era episode highlighting the career and dedicating it to Alabama head coach Nick Saban. And we're going to talk about what's next for Alabama football and the future of Alabama football and who is likely to take the mantle of replacing and being the next head coach at Alabama. So Alabama football episode only Nick Saban episode only. We're dedicating it to them for Pigskin Frenzy on episode 89 this coming up Tuesday. We will do the Q&A college football postseason Q&A episode on episode 91 next week. Not this coming up Tuesday, but the next Tuesday. So enjoy playoff football this weekend, guys. It's going to be fun. Playoff football. Enjoy it. Enjoy Pigskin Frenzy Tuesday. Enjoy this weekend of football. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy, the end of an era, Nick Saban edition, tribute edition of Nick Saban. Guys, enjoy playoff football once again. For everybody out there, stay the course.